Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right. Uh, good evening, everybody. Those who are tuning in live. Uh, I am Jacob Daniel, host of the Daniel 3 podcast. We got a little bit of a late start because of technical difficulties. Um, our, our man, Shane Hazel, is just um, a wrecking ball no matter where he goes. Um, you know, he, he he brought Georgia to a halting crash. So, you know, that's just what he does now. Every time, you know, he shows up somewhere, it has to it has to. Uh, you know, be a cog in the machine. That's just his personality, I guess. <laughs> Emanating through everything. Chaos, right. <laughs> yep. So um, I, I don't think Shane needs much of an introduction. I think everybody who is watching my show is probably familiar with you. But just for the, you know, for the oddball person that might be tuning in who hasn't heard of you, go ahead and just give us like your, um, you know, your backstory as far as like, uh, you know, being a libertarian, the stuff in Georgia um, and, and your political views and all that. Not just bald guy with a beard and has his own podcast like every other libertarian. That's it. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Let's rock and roll, man. No. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I've run a couple of uh, U.S. campaigns, uh, one for Senate, one for House. One is a Republican, one is a libertarian. Uh, I came out of the Marine Corps, kind of reformed uh, or on a new path after John Taylor Gatto set me straight with weapons of mass instruction uh, and kind of broke my brain and my paradigm. And ever since then, it's just kind of been this trip down to uh you know the, the the rabbit hole of anarchy right is of you learn more and more and more uh became a, a constitutional expert then i found the the damn anti-federalist it's changed my life even further and i was just like god nothing is real anymore and then you get into economics and you know, holy shit i mean things start to leak out your brain and you know now you're like okay what, what else isn't real so um yeah it's uh it's been a hell of a trip and, uh, and i'm Really, uh, thank you for having me on tonight. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, thanks for for coming on. I mean, your 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 podcast is one of my favorite to tune into, especially the um when you're doing the anti federalist stuff and you and you start like because I'm an anti federalist dude too. I mean, anarchy all the way. And I, I've always said, you know, when it came to the Constitution, the anti federalists they they were they were prophets, man. Like they they were really like it's ahead of the crazy, curve as far as calling out uh, all the crap that was going to go wrong. I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, like how poetically and down to the detail did they get it? And I mean, that's the thing is like they covered everything. They covered every subject you could possibly imagine. And, you know, at least this, you know, listed inside the Constitution. And you're just like, man, you do all that in 85 papers succinctly. Like, I mean, the anti, the, the Federalists, you know, they, they were trying to spin something, right? They were trying to sell something. So their papers were longer, they're way more intense. And, and man, these guys very quick very easy reads and it is <laughs> you're gonna be pissed off for a while well like the way the way history is taught you would almost think that like everyone was living in chaos the articles of confederation were this unmitigated disaster and 
the the founding fathers came together and saved America with the Constitution. And really, it was like, actually, the Constitution had to be really pushed and sold to a lot of people because everyone was like, oh, actually, you know, I kind of like being a Pennsylvanian and being a Mar- Marylandian and uh, Kentuckian. And, and I don't I don't really want to, you know, like Confederacy. OK, yeah, like, well, unite. To, you know, if Britain comes back, we'll unite and fight them off again. But other than that, we want to just be our own sovereign states. But, yeah. um, you know, the and the I remember, I remember growing up in school and like one of the most like formative things I was taught, like in that part of like history was like, well, the, like, the reason like the Articles of Confederation were so bad was because they couldn't uh, they couldn't uh, levy taxes to build a military. I was like, oh, wow, that's so bad. Now, <laughs> now I think back to that that um, that moment in my childhood. I'm like, oh, wow, that was like a big, yeah, big but, like pill of indoctrination. They just shoved down my throat. <laughs> You're sitting there with Miss Carter, though, in, in third grade going, oh, yeah, you know what? That's, that, that, that sounds terrible, right? As, a, as an eight-year-old or whatever it is where they're talking about this for the first time, like, oh, you couldn't have school? You, have, you couldn't have teachers? But she's so nice. Everybody should have a teacher this nice. We need taxes. Like, God dang, man. Like, what a, what a mind trip when you think back at, like, all these great people in your life that were also indoctrinated before you were, you know, a, a, one of the first generations of full-time federal indoctrinated. And you're just like, man, what the hell? What kind of mind trip is it? Yeah. Um, by the way, I want to put this comment up because I'm pretty sure he's talking about you. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Another another fellow uh, bald, bald libertarian. You guys have to duke it out for the uh, top spot, I guess. But I'll tell you what, um, man, it, uh, <laughs> it runs in the uh, libertarian circles, doesn't it? I mean, a bunch of old white guys with uh, bald heads for sure. Yeah, yeah. My my wife is is will refuses to let me go bald. She was like, "Don't you you're not allowed to do it." She won't let me wear hats. She won't let me. She's even worried about this. She's like, "That's too much, man. You got to put the little like a little like one earbud in." It's like I, I like just, the. <laughs> she just needs to come home one day, man. And it's got to be gone, and she's gonna go. Hmm, maybe I'll tell you what. My wife didn't want it either, and I was just like, "It's happening." I I'm not gonna sit here and play around with a couple of hairs, man. Like this is <laughs> right. gel hairs together to make them look better after a while. <laughs> Yeah, it probably gets to a point where it's better to do that than to, you know, do something like plugs or, you know, the the uh, whatever else is available to you. So, um, but, you know, speaking of indoctrination, I mean, one of the things I wanted to ask you, about because we all know as libertarians how much public schools are just public indoctrination prisons. I mean, camps, I mean, no. <laughs> yeah, however you want to label them. But, um, yeah. but um, you know, your experience in the military, um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about that um, and, sure. and like. Um, I have friends that have been in the military. I, I didn't go in myself, although I, I contemplated it when I was young. But I mean, what was that experience like in terms of like, was it, uh, you know, in in the light of like what we're talking about, where like people are pushing on this like American exceptionalism mythos and this idea that like the military is like the force that keeps peace in the world and and like it's a sovereign duty. Um, but what was what was that experience like for you? And 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 then like contrasting with when you kind of like started to wake up to what was the reality around you so like i mean i I was really i mean i i still love the idea of america right like there's something in me that is is still very mad and still very disappointed that america isn't what we were told it was um and so when i i didn't join the military out of high school because i was like what am I going to do? I'm going to go sit around with the, the damn Marines and throw rocks and, and hang out. I had a cousin uh, who was a Marine and, you know, 
awesome, awesome, you know, mentor growing up and, you know, quite a few years older than I was. And so, you know, when he had downtime, he told us about it and he'd come down to our house from Camp Lejeune and, um, you know, it was kind of like, no, you know, nothing's going on. So when 9-11 showed up and I signed up, you know, uh, just a few days later, I went in, I, I was scared, man, because I knew we were going to war. Like, I mean, I was, I knew this is what we were going to do, but I also had in the back of my mind, like, this is maybe this is what I was created for, right? Like this is, this is my calling. And so, man, I went into boot camp, and I'll tell you right now, like I did well, like I had a lot of fun. I was kind of, you know, this, I was very athletic. I was a runner uh, and a, and a high school football player, you know, and all that fun stuff. So I did extremely well in boot camp and graduated as the honor grad, um, went to, um, you know, Marine combat training, became the honor grad out of that class, went on to jump school after that, which most Marines don't get to until they get to the fleet. And then, you know, so I'm jumping out of, you know, planes as a Lance Corporal already. And, you know, for, you know, 21, 22 year old, that's pretty cool stuff. And then I uh, went through my MOS school, uh, became the honor grad out of an army school. And then I've got to go over to force reconnaissance and go through the indoctrination and get thrown in a platoon and do, you know, a, a ton of just, um, you know, like awesome training, like go shoot guns, blow things up. I mean, all this stuff, if like, if you're living in the paradigm where, you know, like you kind of are in awe of guys that have these skill sets who do these things under pressure that, you know, jump out of planes at 30,000 feet and swim underwater for miles and miles and miles and, and go where everybody else is scared to go before everybody else gets there. Like that was my life, man. And it was super, super kick-ass and super, super cool. And so, you know, fast forward a couple of years after the first invasion into Iraq in 2003, uh, which was, you know, it opens your eyes to some things. It doesn't open your eyes to everything because like I went home at five months at the, at the first, you know, time around, we had gone in, we had crushed, uh, you know, the Republican garden, Iraq. And like, I was like, cool, pack shit up. It war's over. Uh, we're going home and we're victorious and we did great things and we've liberated these people. And, you know, I did another workup, more cool, you know, experiences and learning and, um, you know, mock-up missions and just, just amazing stuff to be able to do. And then my second tour, man, it was just, we were rounding up quote unquote bad guys and going after bomb makers and assassination squads. And you, I mean, it was, it was an unreal, you know, first three and a half, you know, years or so. And then I, you know, went through Fallujah and after seeing, you know, really the, the real death and destruction, uh, super, super up close and super personal and door to door combat, man, that was different. And then, on my bed was the John Taylor Gatto book, uh, Weapons of Mass Instruction, which changed my life. And at that moment, you know, to kind of have just gone through that and then to be like, oh, wait, the American school system is based off of Prussia. And we're really just here for the banks and the oligarchs in the state. And, oh, what a kick in the nuts. So, I mean, I'll tell you, you know, it, it, it was kind of a... It was this bitter, sweet kind of ordeal for me, um, you know, at the, at the end. It was just, boy, you know, to survive and to do what I had done and to learn the things and meet the guys and, you know, kind of be part of this fabled um, part of the Marine Corps and to add to that, you know, 
that mystique, I guess, this persona that the, the company had gained over years and years and decades. It was just like, holy, what we're doing isn't isn't what I thought we were supposed to be doing. Uh, we're not freer. We're not, we, you know, the bill of rights is no more intact. There's no more constitution. Like, you know, it's being eviscerated by things like the Patriot act at the time. And boy, man, that was, um, that was a real, you know, real time for me where I was trying to find some purchase. You love how they name those acts, right? It's like the, the Patriot act. Like you, you can't be against the Patriot act or you're unpatriotic. You're, you're a terrorist. <laughs> right. not just, not a, just not, not a Patriot, but like you're a fucking terrorist. Like if you're not with right. us, you're against us. Right. Like that was the whole right. thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like, the, like, it, like the affordable care act. It's like, who's against affordable care? Come on. Like, you know, stop being such a freaking, uh, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, like selfish capitalist scum. I don't know. It's, it's just, you gotta love the disingenuous way they name these things. You know, it's, it, it, hearing you talk, like something that came to my mind, I don't know what your, your religious beliefs are, but like in the Christian world, especially in the libertarian and anarchist Christian world, there's a lot of people that lean pacifist. They think that the Bible teaches pacifism. Um, I, I certainly hear their arguments and I, I think I lean pacifism Lean, lean towards pacifism, kind of in the way that like Bob Murphy and some other uh, notable Christian anarchists and libertarians do. Insofar as I think that if you got to free market, you know, governance, that pacifism would kind of be like the trend because in a free market setting, violence is expensive. So people are going to opt for the most peaceful, you know, uh, solution possible because it's just going to cost less. So um, the, the incentives work out that way. But I, I don't think that you're ever going to completely eliminate the human condition. I think there's still going to be some people who will murder, rape, steal. Um, and there's people that like I hear you talking and it's like they have this drive to to go and protect the innocent. They have this drive to go where people who are defenseless who are under persecution and they want to be the one to run towards that conflict. And, and that's not something that is bad. Like there's nothing bad or nothing that's uh, unlibertarian or unchristian about that, that desire. It's just, it's so sad that so many people get, you know, taken advantage of people with that kind of mentality, get taken, especially young men get taken advantage of. And, and, and that energy is harnessed not to really protect the innocent, but, uh, in a lot of ways, where we are the bad guys, unfortunately. I mean, I think there—I know there's isolated incidents where the the military has done good, you know, like, and I don't want to discount that. Um, there are individual acts of, of heroism for sure, but but the 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 overall picture on balance is is not very good. Um, so you know, what do you say to like a young person, you know, like, I know that's hard, especially like, um, cause it's like, you don't want to scare them off and like, you know, go full taxation is theft. The American empire is, you know, uh, the, the giant Leviathan of our, of our day. And like, especially like, you know, I go to churches and stuff and that's like the most common thing for a lot of young men to be pushed into well, like they're graduating high school they're in this church conservative evangelical environment and a lot of them kind of feel like i don't really know what i want to do i'm gonna oh, i'll join the military because I'll, I'll go there i'll do five to ten years i'll come out with some skills you know be able to get an education uh serve my country it, it seems like a logical thing for them to do and i'm sitting there like <laughs> like trying to figure out how to try to at least persuade them and to 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 give them some kind of 
nugget to chew on to make them maybe reconsider things? I mean, what would what would you say to someone in that kind of situation? Luckily, I have had the opportunity people in that situation a lot uh, more and more you know and so uh, over the years uh, it's obviously changed um, a great deal um, I'm, I'm not an angry uh, younger man anymore um, and and I'm actually pretty um, pr- pretty happy about the the you know the conversion into more of a a, a patient uh, older <laughs> older guy these days right like because I mean had had I probably not gone off to the Marine Corps and seen the horrors of everything, I would probably want to be charging, you know, Capitol Hill now, right? Like, and I, I think that's, you know, that's one of those things that in, I'm, in, in I'm Minecraft. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to get violent on this channel. <laughs> no, no, and that's the thing is, I, I I don't know that I ever would have broken free. You know, I don't know that I ever wouldn't have been that flag waving, um, you know indoctrinated patriot right and and i don't and i i hate it for guys that are still there i understand why they are there um so you know to 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 your point yes this this culture has perverted the warrior class and they've done it magnificently uh and to the point where you know the warrior class in its shame is committing you know acts of seppuku basically on a daily basis 22 times a day it's crazy um secondly you know what do i tell kids um hey man and i actually i have a advantage in this obviously you know with all the you know the hardware and you know the badges and ribbons and all that kind of stuff that comes with you know doing all the terrible shit for the murder cult um i can say hey man why don't you pause for a second you know take some advice from somebody who's been there and done that and got some t-shirts um give me three months I'll go down and I'll talk to the recruiter with you. I will make sure you get your dream job if you want to go in, but hear me out. And you know, a lot of what I talk to him about is, Hey man, it's not what you think it is. It's here's, you know, here's a book. You don't have to read it. I would recommend you read it. Um, it'll change your life and maybe stop you from a, a path. And also, by the way, um, you know, you look around, you know, they've been using young men and women for over 20 years straight now. Do you feel freer? Do you feel like this country is on a track towards individual freedom and liberty and peace and consent? Do you feel like your right to keep and bear arms is intact or your right to privacy or to faith or religion or to speak out? Do you think any of these things are intact? And then you start to question them on, you know, like, and and that's a nugget. I mean, that's a seed right there. They're probably going to be like, oh, you know, now that you say it like that, you're kind of right. And killing people overseas you know, or blowing up their neighborhoods or destroying their lives in any sort of fashion isn't going to help us be more free here. In fact, you know, maybe, you know, once things calm down over there, then you're going to have to have, you know, worry about things over here, because what would you do if somebody came and killed your parents, your sister, your brother, your dog, maybe your entire damn neighborhood, you got nothing left, you don't have a pot to piss in, like, what do you think you would do? How long would you put up with the idea of people that were not from your area in your area invading your life and telling you what to do? And then the final question is, what would you do to get rid of? Because if we're being honest, the biggest tyrants in our lives, they're in DC and they're at your state capitals and maybe even right down to your county sheriffs and mayors, which when you get to know them, a lot of them can be talked to. 
and, and communicated with. And if you want to fight, you want to, you want a real fight for Liberty. You want a real fight for, you know, what you think is star spangly awesomeness. Well, let me point you in the right direction, kid. Cause that's where I'm at. Yeah, no, that's, that's good advice. Um, yeah, I, you talked about like the, um, you know, sitting down, trying to talk to them, trying to get them, get them to read literature and stuff. And, and that's, that's always, you know, it's always kind of a tough thing to like, like I'm always awkward, like trying to give people, especially the, the young Marine stuff. wannabes. Yeah. <laughs> like sit down and read this. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, the average There's... book that I read is like this thick. So it's like, you know, sit down, read this. <laughs> so no, I always no, try to man, find you got nice something little... with crayons yeah. that I can color in because that's really more my speed at that age, right? Like I want to color a page and there's an old joke. Like if you leave a Marine in a room with anything, it's going to get broke, dead or pregnant, right. right? Like that's their mindset. It's, it is very high testosterone, uh, low, lower brain and not so much the cognitive. Um, I want to, you know, I want to learn. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's tough to, um, you know, especially like the, the generation I grew up in. I mean, I, I was in third grade when nine 11 happened. I mean, that, that was super, you know, it created this giant boogeyman, right? I mean, like the, the war on terror is so brilliant in, in the fact that like, there is no real clear cut mission accomplished, right? Like world war two, like you beat the Nazis, you beat Germany, mission accomplished. Uh, even the disasters of Vietnam and Korea was like, there was like a clear goal, sort of. The war on terror is this giant abstract that like, you know, when's that going to end? When is the war on te terror won? Um, and, and really it's like, and people are, you know, whenever Trump or Biden talks about pulling out of Afghanistan or pulling, and I'm like, even if they do, because I like, think eventually they will, right? But like, it's not something I'm going to get up and cheer about because it just means they're moving, they're just shuffling the Tetris board around. Like, it's not like those people are actually coming home. It's not like the well, the, the, the empire is actually shrinking. <laughs> right. And that's the thing is like, I mean, with, with what's going on in the interwebs now and, and rumblings from DC, we're talking about a federal lock, federally mandated lockdown coming next week again. And, and apparently the blue states are in. And you kind of jive this with the withdrawal from Afghanistan, right? Like now you've also got, you know, these these cops, you know, from the capital that are suiciding themselves uh, at, you know, we've got four of them that are dead. And you've got the other ones who are testifying on Capitol Hill, reading these very prepared statements, calling people terrorists. So when you start to look at the bigger picture of what's happening in the world with this collapsing empire, um, and I'll tell you what, a little bit of time and a little bit of uh, distance uh, it would be our best friend in all of this and staying peaceful. I mean, we've got, we've got a hell of a hill to climb right now. But, you know, I, I do think for the most of America, people are kind of just sick of the government. And if they start, you know, acting too rowdy, like, I don't think that's going to go well for him. Yeah. Um, it, you know, the, definitely at least the conservatives I've, I've noticed are really sick of the lockdowns. I'm still waiting to see if the liberals start to get a little sick of it. I mean, and, and like, I hate to play partisan because I generally view, like I view the parties as the same Republicans and Democrats. There's really not much of a difference, right. um, at least on the federal level. There's good uh, Republicans, I think on state and local levels, but um but the uh, but the people, man, it's just like and and there's issues I have with conservatives. Don't get me wrong, um, but they were at least really good on the lockdowns over the past year. 
And all the liberals were just like, no, nah, it's, a, you know, but, but just just stay in your home. You, you, you went outside, went to the grocery store. I bet you had food in your pantry. You didn't need to go out. I mean, we had we had we had people in my county who were being pulled over for just driving in their cars. And oh. I mean, it was just it's just uh, the, the worst kind of totalitarianism that's that's being pushed with with the, the, the response to covid and. You know, all these things, the military industrial complex and, and the foreign wars, these these lockdowns that are coming down the stream. A lot of it, I think, comes down to the fact that people don't understand what rights are and what their rights individually are. And, and that's like the source of all of it, because it's like if you don't understand what freedom and what your rights are, then it's like, oh, we're fighting the war on terror to protect your freedoms. It's like how did like that mean where it's like, how did my people of the globe like how did my freedoms end up all the way over here? <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. And it's like, uh, you know, and it's like we're protecting your 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 freedoms and your your rights to uh, by by locking you in your home. And it's like and it's like the the it, it really it sometimes it feels like niche libertarian philosophy. But I I talk about it a lot because I think it's really important, which is like the, the difference between positive and negative rights. And it's just mm-hmm. like I, I'm always well, pushing that. Like, it's positive rights. Right. Like positive. Rights right. Is yeah. <laughs> Right, it, it, right, exactly, and it, like, and you know, and there's the the statists. They they have no answer for it because it's just like, explain to me how a positive right is anything more than what you said is anything more than you are enslaving someone to do something, and that's the whole thing. People are like, well, you know, like if you like, we're trying to save lives, right? It's okay, even if I were to grant you that that the COVID virus is bad, and like I've had COVID, like it wasn't fun. I know me people too. who've died from COVID. People have died from the flu. People die from uh, my my um now four year old daughter almost died when she was one and a half in the hospital from a stomach bug, like literally had a stomach bug that mutated, caused her to have all sorts of seizures. They couldn't. They gave her anti seizure medication, and she had seizures, and she stopped breathing. Her heart stopped at one point. Just yeah. a little stomach bug, it was like a twenty four hour bug that went through her whole family. Um, and you know, like it, it sucked. We got better. She started to get better, but then the virus mutated and, and she had this horrible reaction in the hospital. So I'm like, anything, anything at any point can kill you. Like you could be walking down the street and a car veers off, you know? So it's like life it's is risk, right? Yeah. yeah. Like life is risk. You don't have a right to impose upon other people risk reduction. Risk reduction is your responsibility to take care of. I've been pushing on that a lot lately. It's like, yes, there's, there might be something where like, uh, like politeness or manners or like there's there's things that go beyond rights that are kind of like, um, uh, you know, in, in a separate category of like ethics or societal norms where like, you know, yeah, like someone can be not breaking a law or not initiating aggression, but we can still say like, well, that guy's a dick. Right. Like like going around calling every, everyone the C word isn't really a violation of rights, but like you're kind of being a, a, a jerk off there. People might not want to hang around you. So I'm OK with some sort of social norms being enforced. Um, but, I, you know, how do we like, you know, how do you approach that conversation with status? Like like trying to get them to understand what their freedoms actually are and that. Um, you know, like, because a lot, a lot of like, you know, we talked about like the lockdowns, you don't have a right to risk reduction with the military. It's often like we have a right to protect American interests or something, or we have a right to, uh, like spread democracy. It's like, I don't, I don't know. Like that. I just, it's like, 
you know, so to me, like the best way to de- deconstruct these things is to bring it back down to the basic level. Um, I mean, that's my thoughts. What do you think? Yeah, you got to like where I find a lot of good ground in having these talks with people who are not libertarians is, um, you know, putting putting forth humanity, right? Like find common ground first, find something, you know, just to just to agree on, because I think most people, I mean, you look at the, the average population, uh, it's probably say 99% of people don't hurt anybody. They don't take their stuff on a daily basis. So that's a pretty cool place to just sit there and say, man, you agree with this. You know, this is what I do with my kids, right? Their rule is you don't hurt people and you don't take their stuff. And you know what? You know, most of the time, by that time, I've got them at least going, yeah, you know what? That's a that's a pretty good thing. And then you start to, ex, you know, expand on that premise is, OK, you agree and I agree. And then you start talking about principles, right? Like my principles, right? Like when I mean, this is a problem in America, most adults have never defined their principles. They have never helped their children define principles. They and that's, you know, I'm not saying everybody has to have the same principles, but I will say, you know, some of the 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 better ones that are founded in natural law, like peace and liberty and consent and those things that I talk about a lot. Um, you know, I start talking about those things with them and like, Hey, do you, do you agree with these? Okay, cool. You agree with these things. These are pretty, you know, these are, you know, kind of a staple to a, you know, a stable society. All right, man. So where does this break down for adults then? And you just ask them the question, validate them, show, you know, like, Hey man, what are your thoughts on this? And, you know, they'll they'll probably come out with some very status indoctrinated talking points that they had either from their their favorite, you know, sociology professor in college or wherever it was or, you know, whoever they're paying attention to on media now that's espousing these very, um, you know, I don't know, different you know positions where they have the, the cognitive dissonance just, you know, running forth. And you're just like, all right, man, at this point you've left your principles, you've left the don't hurt people and don't take their stuff because what you're doing is effectively taking somebody from the state, giving them power and a monopoly on force. And at that point, you're saying, hey, listen, I'm going to force somebody into what I want versus giving them the choice through consent. And that is a a pretty good starting spot. Now, don't I think what we have to do better as libertarians is manage our own expectations. How long did it take you to become a libertarian? How long did it take you to become a constitutionalist or an anti-federalist or, you know, a, a Rothbardian anarchist, right? Like for me, it took like 12 years, man. I mean, minimum 12 years. And, you know, as you're going down that line, you're always running into friction points until you get this really cool place where, you don't have to contradict yourself. You don't have to, you know, have this cognitive dissonance. You don't have to have that feeling. You're just like, yeah, you know what? And you're very welcome to the idea that, hey, there's there's more stuff to learn. And maybe I was wrong on something. And you're not looking to win the argument. You're looking to learn. And I mean, I for me, that's that's really kind of been the the whole secret is just go out there and listen to people, talk to them about the basics because they've never heard it. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. You know, the name of your podcast is uh, Radical, which which I love. Um, this came up in conversation the um, uh, yesterday. My uh, a mutual friend of my wife and and mine that we went to school with uh, was was like texting back and forth with my wife, and she was like, "I can't, like, I don't know, like, what Jacob's podcast and all this stuff is out. Like, it just seems so radical and out there." And 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 Bria, Bria was like. 
like like well i mean you know what what's what's radical right it's like it's like seriously why is radical bad was like wasn't wasn't it at one point um radical to be anti-slavery wasn't it at one point radical to uh to to think that like you know uh men and women should have equal rights and or blacks and whites should have equal you know i mean like you can go back in history at some point and things that seem common now were radical back then so to me it's just like i don't know like did did we suddenly achieve perfection in the 20th and 21st century and like you know there's no more progress to be made no more you know, no more room for for i don't know and it's like it like you embrace that word which i really like um you know some people use it and there's like a negative connotation to it like i know uh you know it's like like these libertarians are going out there and they're radicalizing the the normal population and i'm like it, yeah i was like but we are but it's like we're we're only radicals in the sense that we're the minority but that doesn't mean that we're wrong right like the difference between being radical and 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 if you're right or wrong because you can have radicals that would be you know promoting evil ends you know what i mean like if we had if we had a we had a group of people in, in our society that were advocating for like uh the enslavement of children that's pretty radical and you know but that's pretty different from us right because we're, yeah. we're so it's like oh they look at what i'm promoting like like i'm is anything i'm promoting violent no i'm promoting it's like the whole like the, the facebook like you've been exposed to radical extremist content i'm just like yeah, I just want people to, to like you know leave each other alone, and I want to normalize vol- vo- voluntary interactions between people. Like so, like if you're gonna call that radical, okay, go die on that hill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, um, but uh, I just wanted to put that out there. I really like the name of of, of your of your podcast. Um, I, I did want to ask you too. Um, what what are your and if you don't have any that's fine. But I mean, what are your your religious views or backgrounds if you if you have any? Yeah, um, this is this is the last um, major uh, turning point revelation for me too. Um, and you know this like this is I have this conversation um, with my good buddy uh, the other day, and um, it's it's kind of a conversation that I'm new to having with people. So I, I don't think I'm as good at it as I want to be yet. So bear with me on this. Um, I, I, I was I grew up a Christian, um, and you know, really kind of stopped attending. You know, every Sunday, probably by the time I was about thirteen years old. Um, and you know, kudos to my parents for kind of just letting us, you know, have our own understanding as well, right? Like at a certain point, you're like, hey, you know what? You don't want to go. You don't want to go. And uh, I thought that was a really uh, mature thing and a patient thing for my parents to do. And, you know, something that I think, you know, if, if you're in, in a faith, like you got to kind of have faith that, hey, they're going to get through this on their own if you did the right thing. So um, mm-hmm. I I mean, I've attended pretty much any any church you could possibly think of in terms of a uh, non-denomination from Baptist to Southern Baptist to, you know, uh, Reformed uh, Mormon to, uh, you know, Methodist. Reformed Mormon? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. Absolutely is. Um, And so, uh, you know, I I became a Catholic to get married to my wife and dropped that for Lent one year and never went back. And it was just, you know, like it was a struggle. (laughs) And I just, I got to the point where I found out that most churches were 501c3s anyway. And, And as I'm going through this evolution in my own mind, um, I had to have the conversation with my pastors to say, why are we 501c3 and why did we ever give up our, um, you know, 
basically our rights as a church and, you know, hand them over to the state after educating, they didn't want to, you know, kind of rustle the congregation or anything. So I left. And when I left, I Mm -hmm. was in search of things. Um, I will tell you, you know, I, I, I still hold very dear, uh, to my faith. Like I, I, I think of, you know, I, I think just through natural observation to see how this world naturally works, the design behind it is, you know, something, you know, so glorious and beautiful that we shouldn't understand it, right? Like it's, it's to explore, it's to, it's to see, it's to discover throughout this life. But at the same time, I have to sit there and say, well, I don't know, right? Like, you know, in terms of, you know, Christianity, yeah, I think Jesus was a man. Uh, I think he did some really cool stuff. And I think if we're, you know, within the teachings of Christianity that we're all, you know, sons or daughters of God, then why is he different? Why was he magical? Why was he, you know, like, like, it's just a question. There's no answer to it, right? It's just, maybe he wasn't is that's, you know, kind of where you kind of get to. And then I'll tell you, man, with, um, the help of some psychedelics um, out there, the 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 world uh, starts to you know change a little bit more for you. you start to have um, some different ideas in terms of ego, in terms of what you know nature is, and what beauty is, and what you can see, and what you can't see, and what you can feel um, in terms of other types of, you know, energy and vibrations that are out there that, you know, scientifically exist anyway. Right. And, and Nikolai Tesla, um, being one of those people that thought, you know, we were just vibrations in, in time and space. Right. So to, to kind of go down that path. And then I found this book that changed my life again, man, and it's called the immortality key. And, you know, if you haven't dabbled in psychedelics, maybe even high levels of psychedelics and, and had those thoughts and ideas that they're hiding these things for a reason. Um, it's the reason I believe is if you are, you know, inclined kind of mystically, not to use a, a cheesy word uh, for, you know, religion or anything, but a lot of times mysticism is uh, one of those, uh, you know, things that they talk about with gypsies and, and witches or whatever. Um, and I think they did it on purpose after reading the book, but it's, it's definitely, you know, change my ideas of what um, is truth because of what uh, the Catholic Church has hidden, which it's it's omitted from its own history. Uh, you know, the, the the sacraments and the you know taking you know taking the the blood in the the flesh of Christ as it is in its you know today's form, where it's completely. Um, kind of just bleached of everything that it was at one point in terms of a lot of times it was uh, things like ergot or, or mushrooms or whatever it was where these people got together in basements and um, sat together and had amazing visions, um, you know, throughout the eon. So I'm, I've changed a, a lot and, you know, it's, it's not going to be for everybody, man. Like that's not one of those things that I think a lot of people want to hear, want to go down. Like it's a, it's definitely a, a road less traveled. Yeah, it's it's an interesting subject, and I've I've done some reading onto like the the Eastern Orthodox uh, uh, part of Christianity, and in the, there's a really big divergence between East and West and the Christian faith. And the Eastern, you know, a, a lot of them have incorporated things like psychedelics and different 
um, you know, substances and into their religious practices and stuff. It's not something I've experimented with personally, but um, I don't know. I'm not, uh, you know, my, my uh, intuition, I guess, is kind of like what Paul said. All things are permissible. Not all things are beneficial, but I think it's kind of like everything has a time and place. Right. And yeah, anything, I think anything can be abused and done in the wrong way. Uh, but I think there's a, you know, there probably is a, a, a role. Like, I don't think anything that is in God's creation is like, well, this is just, this wasn't like, why did God make this? This serves no it's purpose. A, yeah. It's not a mistake, right? Like, right that's exactly. You, you have a, you have an endocannabinoid system and you also have a system that is very receptive to psychedelics, right? Like it's very receptive to psychedelics. Um, and to to not see these things i agree with you there is a time and a place and i don't think everybody's cut out for it right like there's sure. i think there are some people who um kind of have this you know this strength and this courage that can be still in these psychedelic moments which can be frightening for a lot of people but for other people you know it's it's more of an exercise it's more of a work where you go in and you face or deeds or thoughts or whatever and after that it's uh it's more or less you know enjoy you know the the, the rest of what you kind of earned your way through after that point and mm. i think that's you know like i said you know if, if if people are interested in this i think there's uh quite a few books out there uh that i uh, have put on my reading list like you know how to do drugs like an adult or do drugs like an adult or something right but it's it's not you're not doing, you know, psychedelics to do psychedelics. You're doing psychedelics to do some real soul searching and right. not they're, the they're other a way tool. around. Right. They're they're a tool to 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 be, you know, it's like 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 food is is something that we use to achieve an end. And and psychedelics should probably, you know, uh, to to kind of like steal man what you're saying and I think it makes sense. They should be used to achieve an end. If your end is just to you know, just waste time or get high. I mean, that's not hurting anybody, but maybe that's not the best use of that substance or, 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 or you know what I mean? Like, like it was like, if like, if you just eat, I'm not saying there's something wrong with, with eating for, for enjoyment, but if you only eat what you enjoy, you might not be as healthy as if you actually take some thought to be like, I'm going to, you know, have, you know, plan my diet and try to eat things, uh, you know, in, 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 proper proportions eat a, a good variety of foods and stuff so probably you know i think there's some some parallels there probably um you know i'm i'm still you know i i have people like i'm i'm a very uh very untested very unexperienced in that whole field i have a lot of libertarian friends who are like chomping at the bit to be like okay next convention dude let's go <laughs> i mean like i haven't even uh i haven't even partaken in any of the uh various forms of cannabis i mean i'm i'm very uh, uh, wet behind the ears in in, in that regard, but uh, I'm not I'm not against it. I'm I'm open to to trying almost anything once. You guys got to put that caveat yeah. in there. Almost right anything. person, right time, <laughs> and and really have a have a good teacher, right? Like have somebody that's going to respect the fact that hey man, it's your first time. Don't eat a hundred milligram gummy, you know. Like maybe right, yeah. have <laughs> like a little bit of a smoke, and that's about it. And 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 call it a night. Like like let's, let's just hang out, see how you do on this. And if you're receptive to it and it's good, then you start looking at, you know, dosages and, you know, at a certain point, you know, that's, that's what I'll tell people is like, you're going, you're going in with a purpose, right? You're purposeful. And it's not, you know, one of those things where, um, you know, you're always going to 
work through it. But it's one of those things where if you go in with that purpose and focus, a lot of times you can hone a lot of what you're doing in that space with a lot of energy and direction and meditation. And I will tell you, you know, for myself, um, you know, it, I think it was 2015 when I uh, kind of met with uh, psychedelics for the first time, hmm. you know, in, in my real adult life. And it was, um, it, it changed everything, like absolutely changed the way I was pursuing what I had left of this life. And I think, you know, one of the, the coolest things about the, that whole scene um, throughout the ages is the idea that, you know, we've been cut off from it so much uh, by by force and coercion uh, to the point where they're, you know, you're going to jail, especially if it's a large amount of this kind of stuff that it they used to call this the glue that held humanity together. And to, hmm. to kind of have these abstracts where, okay, we've been criminalized in terms of shutting this off. And at the same time, we're falling apart as a nation, as a country, as a hmm. people, as humanity right now. It's like, oh, man. Um, I, I hate to say there's correlations, but I definitely think there is. Yeah, it's, it's probably fair to speculate that. I mean, I've I've seen people speculate that psychedelics were probably part of what uh, helped to expand the mind of like the original, like in the evolutionary uh, uh, process of, of humans becoming what they are. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, that, that psychedelics probably a huge part of that. And I'm not a Christian that like, I'm not a fundamentalist in the sense, like I don't believe that, I don't believe in young earth creationism and, 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 and all that. Um, you know, I, I do, I do believe in evolution. I know, you know, I think any science is incomplete. There's, there's things that are, there's things that science can't explain. And, and this is kind of what we're yeah. kind of getting at here, this conversation of, of psychedelics and your kind of religious journey, which is fascinating to listen to. And it's like, um, I've always had this, like this circular roundabout where it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll because I'm I'm Christian, but I'm always I'm very agnostic and skeptical in my like mindset and temperament. So I'm always questioning things, and I'll do like these giant loop arounds where like you know I feel like I'm questioning my faith, and then like I, I get back down to the roots of it, and then I go okay, but like if if this is all this is, if we live in a just naturalist materialist world, I, I just I can't make sense of reality that way. You know what I mean? Like reality just has to be in in my perception more than just atoms. And just like, like, like when I look at you, when I look at other people, um, we are more than just like clumps of stardust that have evolved in over time. You know what I mean? Like I see people and I see a soul, I see a personality. I don't think you can get, I don't think you can get consciousness and personality and poetry and, 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 and love and beauty and all these concepts we have just from, you know, a bunch of uh, hydrogen atoms exploding over over and over again over billions of years. You know what I mean? Like to me, there has to be some something deeper to to truth and reality. You can't measure that with science because, like science, science. Like we're gonna talk about psychedelics are a tool. Science is a tool. Science is a very good tool for certain things. It's a very bad tool for other things. Like we tell you, what it's a bad tool for. Like if my wife comes to me and is upset with me for something. And then I try to use science to explain why she shouldn't be mad at me. That is not a good way to use science. I guarantee it. Like all you married people out there, if you're not married, you'll know what I mean one day. Like if you like when your when your wife comes to you and, and, you, and she's angry with you, like you can and you can make an argument. You can be a hundred percent right. You're still wrong because it wasn't about being right. It's about listening to the other person. 
Um, so about, about hearing them out. And I, I had to, I'm a very argumentative person. So when I was young and I got married young, like 22 and, uh, you know, it was, it was a little rough at first because like anytime we get in a fight, I'd be like, okay, it's always rough I'm, at first. I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, like, we get into an argument. It's like, all right, I'm going to win. I'm going to, I'm going to give her a detail, you know, like here are my three points, like, and just like, I'll, I'll win the argument and, and that'll make us have a peaceful, happy home. Like, nope. Cause it's not about, it's not about being right. Sometimes like yeah. when you're in conversations with people, you can be right and still be wrong. And, you know, so, uh, there's, a, there's a lot more to human interactions than, than we can. And, that, and, and isn't that like a, um, like a little bit of a tangent here, but isn't that why central planning doesn't work? Like you would no. think that central planning would work if humans were just these simple equations, but they're not like, they're so, um, you know, like, like there's a reason Bob Murphy's book's called chaos theory, right? I mean, it's just like humans are these complex, beautiful, crazy, like terrifying beings. Like we have so much going on both, you know, not just scientifically, but just in human interactions and, and the, like the, the field of economics is so fascinating because you're studying trends and what motivates people and why they act in certain ways. And it, to me, it's like, that's why central planning can't work. That's why you have problems with economic calculation, um, because humans are just these unpredictable things that don't do what you want them to do. <laughs> does, that, does that make any sense? Or I'm kind of like, yeah, no, yeah, kind I of mean, into it, my brain. It, it makes a lot of sense, and to kind of add to what you're saying there in the beginning, um, you know, Brian Maraska, I think, is his name, and um, Paul Stamets, uh, I think, who wrote the forward for that that book, um, when they talk about, you know, these type of experiences. It's not that, you know, science will never explain this. You know, I, I, science isn't going to explain this for a while. Um, but what they talk about is being told about religion and experiencing religion. And right. the idea that if psychedelics help you experience it, that open you up to this different uh, like almost different dimension. Like I, I, I hate to be that guy, but like at the same time, I'm going <laughs> to sit there and say like, Hey man, you do enough of psilocybin or, or THC and you're going for a space time continuum ride, right? Like that's, it's, it, it's going to feel that way. It's going to open the pineal gland in your head and you are going to experience some things that, which is amazing that other people report also experiencing you know, during those types of things. Right. And I think all of it's possible at the same time. That's the thing is like, it's possible, you know, to be more than just this, right? Like we, there are, there's, there's light that we can't even see, right? Like think about that, right? Like there's right. light that we can't see. There's energy that we can't see. We don't really experience as human beings. We have to have special, you know, uh, you know, sensors and things like that for us to see. So it's not unreasonable to think that all this energy that's happening around us in a normal time and space is something that is, is not, um, I don't know, accessible by different parts of our body brain that if we could just slow down and, you know, stop with the quote unquote, the, you know, the, the, what is it? The, five senses or whatever it is. I don't even remember anymore, but yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's like if you can slow down enough to stop paying attention to those and be, you know, shifted into a different receptor in your body that is more receptive to energy, then I don't know who knows what's possible. Yeah. That's it's funny. You say like five senses because it's like, there's this weird, like sixth sense that like I label like intuition 
and some people are have like a really high sense of intuition and others don't like i'm i'm not the most intuitive person at least when it comes to people um but like my wife is scary uh intuitive there's another yeah. another struggle i have i'm a very like um even though i'm religious i'm very like you know in every other area of my life, I'm very like, I have to see it to believe it. And like, like looking at the facts and like my, what aggravates me. And I've, I've gotten to a better place where like, I, I know my wife. And so I trust her. Um, but my wife will know things. And like, there's no reasonable way that she should be able to know it. Except that like over the years when she's right, like literally every single time, it's like, okay, I don't know how you're doing it, but you're doing it. So like, <laughs> so you have to give it to them. So it's like, but like, you know, uh, some people, I think, I, I think it's um, probably skewed towards women more than men, but men too. There's some people that just have like that sixth sense. Like they just know, like they, they can read people, they can read situations and with almost like very little input. It's just like they, they, they can pick up on things that we can't pick up on. And it's just, I mean... You know, so that's just a, an amazing, like it was a frustrating thing. And now it's just like, I can, like, I've come to the place where I actually like, I appreciate it. And like, one of the best things about my marriage is being able to lean on my wife and be like, you know, g g give me a feel on like, what you think about this person or this situation. And, you know, she, she acts as kind of a, a North star for me. And I still make my own decisions a little bit, but like, I, I, I keep her perception um, in the back of my mind. Cause I know that like, you know, you know, very few times is she wrong. Even even when she's wrong, it's like, you know, she she was off by like, you know, careful, like, careful, like you're peg. in dangerous yeah. territory. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's not wrong. What are you talking about? No, and I, 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 I a shoe about you. to fly at my face. <laughs> What <laughs> I, I think that's why they get so mad at us as in the beginning of relationships and marriages because they can't they have perception they are more intuitive they you know like they 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 perceive our feelings more than we do because you know a lot of times guys are just kind of geared uh to right. you know mission accomplishment and not empathy right and you know like that's that's what they're that's what they're you know, made for specifically is empathy. Um, and yeah, you know, who knows? It's kind of a natural thing that, you know, in the beginning, you got to be like, hey, honey, um, if you want something, you got to be damn near, you know, just spot on the nose specific. Because even if you say it right, I might misunderstand it and get it wrong. So right. appreciate the patience. <laughs> like once you learn, hey, to say I'm the idiot in this relationship, right. I like I'm not picking up, I'm not tracking. You're gonna have to spell it out for this crayon eater. Like things dumb improve. it down. I'm always like Bria, like dumb it down. Like I'm a right. like you know. I was like like I work on cars for a living. I was like so like cars are easy. Like it's like like take this off, put it back on. It's real simple. I was like what you're like for a lot of things that come up just the normal course of raising kids and having a family and life and stuff it's like it's like dumb it down i got, I got a dumb neanderthal, neanderthal brain that can't process the level you're you're talking at right now so um you know like i'm and it, she it gets frustrating because i like i'm really into this like philosophy liberty religion so like she's like well you get all this how come you don't get me it's like it's just, it's just different parts of the brain oh. but you know maybe that's something where i should experiment with a little bit of you know th these things in a responsible manner because you know it, it could be a good part of you know expanding different parts of 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 uh you know my my my, my brain uh, as far as like it's brain's kind of like this weird thing it's like a muscle but also like a uh I don't know. Like the brain's complicated. Like neuroscience is super complicated, and just like the way neurons interact. It always like 
one thing I don't understand is like, how can neurons hold memory, right? Like, isn't that such a weird thing to think about that just like these electrical impulses in this tiny little cranium we have hold memory and just the way memory works? So it's just like, um, and, and there's all these like apps and stuff that say that like you can do these mental exercises to increase your mental your capacities. Algorithm. Like, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, like some people already consider you an algorithm, but yeah, it's a, it's an amazing, I mean, it, it, an amazing tool for unlocking a lot of things. And I'll tell you, if you do it the right way, um, it is a fantastic tool for relationships. I mean, absolutely. You know, when you can open yourself up in those ways and be extremely vulnerable and admit that, Hey, I'm not the best person on earth, right? Like I, I have made mistakes and thank you for bearing with me over the years. When you say that's your wife, especially like, you know, a, a guy that had, you know, some post-traumatic stress that was super mission oriented, right? Like just mm. let's, let's go accomplish shit. Like that's me, man. I'm, I'm pretty intense yeah. and I'm still kind of intense, but it's like, let's go accomplish whatever we're going to accomplish, man. That, you know, that those layers were peeled back quite a bit to the point where I actually was empathetic again. And, it, mm. you know, kind of turned off the 10 man, gave him a heart and you know, things got, Oh man. I mean, just, all over um better for you know our relationship for my relationship with my kids uh family you you name it man it was it was kind of a, a rebirth if you will yeah it's just a shame that like this kind of stuff has been so suppressed for so long by by the state like think about how much more advanced humanity might be and society might be if all this stuff wasn't because like because clearly people still do it but i think a lot, probably a lot of the horror stories you hear about drugs is because people are not doing it responsibly because isn't that what happens anytime the government bans something it happens in the black market and it's it's just not going to be as productive or as or as beneficial as it could be if if it's done in in you know the the actual market and and without the fear of you know, getting locked up for doing it and having all these, uh, you know, uh, just we, we know this, like when you put something in the black market, then you get all this criminality and, and all these other things attached to it that just that just corrupt it. So, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, can you imagine a society that actually taught their kids about this kind of thing? Like yeah. where they're like, hey, listen, you know, when you're old enough and I absolutely can't keep you away from it, please come to me. Do not go out and think that you're, you should be doing this anywhere else. There is, you know, there are yeah. people that can guide you, that love you, that want you to have a great experience that you can use this as a tool, maybe possibly for the rest of your life. Like, do you imagine if society was having those conversations instead of saying, don't do drugs. And then the kid finds cannabis and he's like, what the fuck are they talking about? And before he knows right. it, you know, he's smoked a bong and now he's at a, you know, like a, a, a frat party with a keg and he's now he's mixing alcohol with his first bong rip. And he's just like, man, that's a bad experience for anybody. Yeah. And so it's like, like, listen, we gotta, we gotta change our culture. we got to change our society to where we care about kids enough to tell them the truth and to possibly Find them guides as they go through this life, whether it's yourself, whether it's somebody in your family or in your in, in your neighborhood or your your tribe, whatever it is. I mean, that's that's my hope, man. Like I see this kind of stuff, and I'm like, we can do this. Why can't we do this? Let's go. Let's go yeah. start conversations and, and and start you know pushing down the road a little bit. 
and it, it's really similar. Like, like I, I, we're going to wrap up here in a minute, but it's really similar to what you said earlier, like a correlation to religion, which is what you were like when you're raising kids and you're like, you don't want to like force them to go to church, force them to do it. Um, you got, you kind of have to like instill the right values and still kind of like a mode of, of, of being, be kind of a model for them and kind of trust that, that freedom um, that, that you ha- have faith in them, that they'll come back to you as they get older. Cause it's like, if you control, like I'm really big into like peaceful parenting. And it's like, if you try to control your kids so strongly when they're young, like they're going to get out there and be ill-prepared and they're not, we're going to have that like relationship where they trust to come to you. And like, I want to raise my kids to, 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 you know, I'm not going to like force them to be this or that. I want to trust them um, that, you know, and, and let them know that they can trust me that they'll be able to come back to me when they're they're older and they're because like we're all we're always wrestling through stuff and we never stop. Um, like I love like you know my my name is Jacob and I love that story in the Bible with Jacob wrestling with God. Like to me that is what religion is. It's us wrestling with God. It's not us figuring out God. It's not us uh, you know being able to say we know and understand everything. It's it's a it's a wrestling match and it's it's trying to understand. Uh, you know, more and more about the the reality we find ourselves in. And I want my kids to know God, but I want my kids to know God because they want to know God. I want my kids to consider, uh, you know, going to church and reading the Bible because they want to, not because I forced them to do it growing up. And, and I don't have to force them. Honestly, they see me doing that stuff and they want to participate. And, and that's how we should, if we can have a generation of libertarians and, and people raising their kids like that, raising them to embrace freedom and, and, to, and, and to see freedom lived out, that's going to do a lot more to combat statism than I think. I mean, like, you know, we're both you know, in the LP and, and both doing a lot of that stuff. And I think that's important. But really, the cultural shift, I think, has to be also with how we raise the next generation. Amen, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, cool. that's, that, and that's the fight is what are you doing for that next generation now? Yeah. Yeah. And, and we have to, uh, you know, cause I mean, there's, there's not much you can do. Like when people get old enough, like they're kind of set in their ways. So it's like, you know, not that they can't change their mind, but it's just less likely. But, um, so much of how the state perpetuates itself is through indoctrination and through, uh, you know, so, you know, we, we have to be more consistent as libertarians to, 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 you know, to, to let liberty kind of be that North star that, that kind of like guides our actions in every area of life. So, um, well, Hey man, thanks for, for coming on. This was really awesome conversation. Oh, I, I had a great time, it, Jacob. Thank you. Yeah. Man. I wasn't, I wasn't quite expecting it to go down the, the, the route it did, but, but, but it was awesome. I mean, I was, um, uh, for the, so, uh, uh, yeah. Plug your, your stuff quick before we get out of here. Uh, radicalpod.com. Uh, the show is radical. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a, a bomb thrower on Twitter. You can find me at Shane T Hazel on there. Uh, and you know, like I'm a, I'm a, a super bombs nice of guy, love and peace. <laughs> I, 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 you gotta shake people a little bit, man. And, I, yeah. and without, without violating the nap, you know, just kind of jostle some brains, but no, Hey, well, you Jacob, should, you should I, see the convert. You should see the conversation that that turned me into an anarchist, man. My 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 friend, good friend of mine now, he was brutal with me. I mean, people say there's no role for trolling. I was like, I, I literally got trolled into being an anarchist. Like like literally. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. No, yeah. hey, I appreciate everything you guys are doing out there, and uh, we'll have to do this again. Absolutely. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, everyone, make sure you uh, go go follow Shane. Subscribe to his podcast if you haven't already. Follow him on Twitter. Um, obviously, subscribe to this show as well. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.